Kia ora, Monique. The seaweed sector says regulation is stifling growth. Tēnā koe, Charlotte. Yes, it's hoping some changes will be made so it can profit and grow the lucrative wild algae, which is worth more than $20 billion a year globally. Local leaders gathered at the Aotearoa New Zealand Seaweed Association Summit in Nelson recently to discuss how farmers could unlock the potential of seaweed. Association Chair Claire Bradley of Seaweed Feed Business AgriSea says regulation is certainly holding the sector back, but it's working with the government to build a more sustainable future. There is talk from our members that, you know, had regulatory barriers been removed, they would be far further down the track. So absolutely there's some hamstringing because of regulation, but we need to get clear on which regulations we can safely adjust that fit in with fisheries acts, etc., while we design a more fit-for-purpose, longer-term future. She says the Ministry for Primary Industries is well aware of the limitations and challenges complex laws pose for farmers. They include the Resource Management, Fisheries and Food Acts, as well as the Freshwater Fish Farming Regulations. Now what MPI have done is in the last year where there's been clear need, they've done exemptions to test if we can do seaweed farming. So they they know that those sorts of things are a challenge for the sector. But they're also working with us to come up with interim ways to enable seaweed farming to happen at small scale to start off with. And so we're confident that we can work with the ministry to really get clear on on which regulations need to change, engage with our communities and get this growing at scale so that we have really thriving marine ecosystems, healthy coastal communities, and it's a contributor to our economy. Claire Bradley says MPI is supporting a number of commercial trial opportunities, including a kelp farming cooperative and using seaweed as a methane-reducing feed for livestock. She says the National Party has signalled it would cut red tape, which could also benefit the sector by boosting the development of methane-reducing products. An Otago farming company has been charged for allegedly destroying hundreds of hectares of native tussock, endangering habitats of the country's rarest reptiles. The Waitaki District Council says it takes its duty to protect the district's biodiversity very seriously. Sally Murphy has more. The council discovered more than 460 hectares of land was cleared of indigenous vegetation around Ramrock Road in Otago back in September last year. The area is home to Grand and Otago skinks, which are endemic to the region. After carrying out an investigation, the council laid three charges against the farming company, which it has not named, for breaching the Resource Management Act. Penalties for clearing vegetation range from warnings to prosecution. The debate around the use of glyphosate, the active ingredient found in weed killer Roundup, is back in the regulatory spotlight. Advocacy group Environmental Law Initiative has asked the Environmental Protection Authority to reassess its use, saying there's significant new information about the negative impacts of the substance. EPA spokesperson Chris Hill says the applicant's information, along with its own research, will go into deciding whether a reassessment is needed. He told and Murray, the EPA could be guided by the outcome of a, of a review of glyphosate use in the European Union. That's due out towards the end of the year. We'll conduct a thorough review. So we, we already monitor international developments and we continually review the, the global research on hazardous substances. There have been new scientific studies 
produce, and I, I guess that's what the Environmental Law Initiative is, in, is pointing to, scientific papers published which, which point to some um, adverse medical outcomes. So what we need to do is to understand whether the, the hazards associated with the substance have changed based on the new science. But given that that's the case, how likely are we to see some changes perhaps in the use of glyphosate? I think it's too early to answer that question. We really do need to go through a rigorous process to um, get to that point. Chris Hill says the EPA expects to know early next year whether there are grounds to formally reassess the use of glyphosate. If there is, the public will have a chance to have their say. A farming leader has made the switch from one of the country's top food and beverage exports to another. Former Dairy NZ Chief Executive Tim Mackle has taken up a new role at Zespri International as the Kiwi Fruit Marketer's Head of Global Quality. Mr Mackle says he's looking forward to working on new challenges with great people to support a terrific brand. Tim Mackle left Dairy NZ in June after 15 years in the role. Industry group Apples and Pears hopes the new government will provide a clear path forward for growers still cleaning up after Cyclone Gabrielle. Chief Executive Karen Moorish says an incredible level of support has been provided to growers, some who have lost everything, including their homes, pack houses and crops. But she says many are still looking for a signal if support will continue. They need consistency and assurity that they can get back up on their feet and they will be supported and that they also don't have to go into an incredible amount of debt in order to be able to do that. We need future generations to grow our fruit and vegetables and without that support we can't. So it has to be viable and profitable for the industry. That's Karen Moorish from Apples and Pears. And just lastly, voting opens today for Fonterra's Board of Directors election. This year, two candidates are standing for two places on the board as elected directors, incumbent Brent Goldsack and Cathy Quinn. Because it's an uncontested election, each candidate needs to get more than 50% support to be elected. Fonterra shareholders can shake hands with the two candidates at eight meetings taking place across the country from today through to next week. Shareholders have until November 7th to cast their vote. And that's the rural news for today. Koyada te porongo o te taifenua.